despite all the difficulties and the challenges, um, the terrorism that's very real all around us. Um, it's just a season that we're reminded to pick our eyes up and look to Jesus. And, and we know who has the victory in the end. Welcome back to Invited In, a podcast connecting the global family of Samaritan's Purse. As we are in Holy Week, we wanted to bring two episodes talking about the importance and reverence of Easter and the way that people celebrate all around the world. So in order to do this, we reached out to some of our country offices. And first, we wanted you to hear from our office in Iraq. You'll hear from Matthew and Sarah Nowry. Matthew is the country director in Iraq, and Sarah serves as the communications officer for Samaritan's Purse. They both have been serving in Erbil since 2010, and they bring great um, context from their upbringing as pastor's kids in the United States, but now the customs and traditions that they've embraced while living in Iraq. You'll also hear from Wiesam, who was born and raised in Iraq, and he serves for Samaritan's Purse as the area coordinator. I know that I enjoyed and I was challenged by each of their input and conversations and the importance of preparing our hearts and being reverent as we celebrate Easter. I feel like it's been so long since I've talked to you guys, and I always get so excited to get an update. So even before we begin the conversation at hand, would you mind just updating us with the year, this pandemic, what it's brought to you all personally and and to your office? Yeah, no, it's great to be with you, Christy. Um, It's been a tough year. Uh, Mm -hmm. It's been a year of uh, felt isolation. Um, it's been a confusing year, I think, in, in trying to lead. Uh, it's been a very vulnerable year for me personally. Um, uh, not having a lot of answers, has, it's, it's a really uncomfortable um, feeling. I won't say that it's a new feeling, um, but, but more so it's just I, I, more often I'm just having to kind of level with the team and say, you know, I don't have an answer. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in this together. So it's, it's been... Um, a very stressful year, new stresses, not being able to. I mean, we're a very relational office, so it's uh, been really hard not to be able to gather and be together. Um, we've had significant access issues in Iraq, haven't been able to secure visas to get to our work sites. And uh, and so God is moving um, despite the pandemic, as we know. Um, and, and so it's been that that has been what's kind of refueled our tanks or kept wind in our sails is just seeing the Holy Spirit move in Iraq in really unique ways. And, and I think it, it's personally been a reminder to me that um, salvation, um, the, the kingdom of God growing is truly God's work. Mm-hmm. In a year that we could not humanly get to a lot of our beneficiaries and a lot of our program sites, God did what only he could do. So it's been a reminder to our team that uh, uh, he is in the business of revealing himself and sharing truth, his His truth. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. I know. I just can't believe I haven't talked to you guys this year and just want an update. I think of you, Matt, often when I think of Joseph, you know, in Genesis 5020, you shared it a while back, just how your office looks at that often. You know, what man meant for evil, God can use for good. And I think everybody has those stories out of this year in the pandemic because it's been hard. It's been it's been difficult. And like you said, making people vulnerable. But God can use uh, these, even the hard times, for His good and His glory. And you're right. It's just, that's why I wanted to just hear an update because I know it hasn't been easy, but I'm thankful that you're able to see His hand 
So we've we've had you all on the podcast before, but would you mind just each of you just introducing yourself and what you do for Samaritan's Purse and how long you've been, um, or where you are currently and how long you've been there? Yeah, so I'm Matthew. Uh, I have the privilege of being the country director here in Iraq. Uh, my wife and I moved here uh, in September 2010, so we're in our 11th year. And uh, right now we're in Erbil, Iraq, uh, which is the autonomous capital of Kurdistan and northern Iraq. I'm Sarah Nowry, Matthew's wife, and we have three little kids that are here with us as well. Um, they make life lots of fun. Uh, currently, I'm serving as a communications um, officer with Samaritan's Purse. Um, my name is Wissam, Wissam Yaqub. I am a father of three kids, one boy, two, uh, two girls. I'm originally from uh, a small community nearby Mosul. I've been in Iraq since 1978, <laughs> since I was born. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I, am, I am the area coordinator for Mosul for Mosul, and I've been working with Samaritan's Purse since December 2014. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, you know, we just thought after a year of hard, like you said, Matthew, um, I think it's just been hard on everyone and hard on the church. And so as we approach Easter, you know, some might not be gathering physically. So we just thought it'd be great to have an episode where we talk about how people celebrate all over the world. And even if we can't be together physically, I think it's a good reminder that the reason we celebrate is still the same right now. So we are celebrating Resurrection Sunday. Um, and so I just want to know from each of you, you know, how— um, you maybe celebrated Easter growing up, and then now how you currently celebrate it, and you've adapted, you know, customs and liturgical practices there in Iraq. I think that's a great question, Christy, especially for Iraq. Uh, Matthew and I, we both grew up as pastor's kids, and so, you know, our memories are getting up early, sometimes going to the sunrise service, mm-hmm. um, headed to church, then having a nice meal with our family, and of course, chocolate bunnies mm-hmm. and Easter egg hunts, and uh, you know, those very typical American traditions that were very, um, you know, just centered right around your immediate church family. And um, those are special things to us. So we still incorporate some of those with our kids here. Um, but Iraq celebrates Easter. Uh, the Christians here, I'm going to let we saw them talk about it more specifically, but um, for us, it's just been really eye opening. Um, to see how they celebrate. So one of the things our family has done is that the culture here, they love to picnic more than anybody that we've ever met. When I say picnic, I know most Americans are probably going to think throw a blanket on the grass and have a sandwich. But here, picnicking is an all-day event where they're cooking over open fires, they're dancing, they're singing. Um, at times in the springtime, there are literally hundreds of thousands of people mm-hmm. outside picnicking. Um, and so even their definition of picnicking is a new level. Mm-hmm. And so one of our family's favorite things in our little house church, we go to a house church here, um, but we love to go out and have a picnic um, and just spend all day out in creation, celebrating um, springtime and new life. And that's been a really special thing for us to adopt since since we've come here. Do you want to share anything we saw on your growing up and how you all celebrated Easter? Well, I mean, Easter in so so I'm going to talk about my community, the the, the place I live, and we are twenty five thousand now. I mean, after ISIS, we used to be forty between forty to fifty thousand mm-hmm. people in one community, a Christian 
people in one community. Now we're about 25. So Easter, we call it, you know, there's a Christmas and Easter. We call the Easter the big uh, celebration, you know, like uh, celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. So it's, it's our, we call it the big, the big celebration. So it's a big event, of course. I mean, not in just in our community, in, in the entire world, but we call it the big celebration because it's 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 great so celebration in our church is it's not only one day but it's it's uh, seven days so the the it's a full week of prayers in the church it's honestly starting 40 days prior to the uh prior to the easter mm-hmm. uh we start practicing uh fasting mm-hmm. 40 days prior to the easter and then you know there's a there's a there's a prayers at the church every day uh, early morning and there's there's another one at the uh, afternoon for the covid for the for last year and this year there's less gathering in our churches but like still i mean i mean still those those prayers going on during you know during whole time of the 40 days you know mm-hmm. moving to the last week of the Last week before Easter, we have starting the Palm Sunday, uh, which is the, the the biggest event through those forty days. So twenty thousand people walk in in one road, and walking, circling around around the community. So it's it's between three to four hours of prayers. People holding uh, uh, branches of. Uh, Palm, palm branches in their hands, wearing traditional clothing. It's day that we celebrate the Palm Sunday, the entering of Jesus to Jerusalem, and then we adapt to our traditional clothes. So it's like, you know, like we are, how can I say, like election, like when you vote in the election for the president, so everybody are voting for Jesus. So you are the King Jesus. So that's, that's the special about this. You know, like people are happy, people are singing, like for three hours, there's a, different worship there's different songs that you know are fun people are you know lifting arms clapping we have big speakers and people circling around um around the community and then we gather in one place where yeah where the head of the church give a speech talk to the people give some encouragement and then everybody pray and then then leave home so it's it's very special day mm-hmm. this is this is the palm sunday and then moving on to the to Thursday, Thursday it's also there's a, a large prayers in 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 the church. So we call this Thursday we celebrate uh, the the Last Supper before you know like Jesus before the Last Supper when he washed his his uh, disciples' feet. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you know in every church they pick uh, several people from the church and mostly they're handicaps or people with disability that they honor them. Mm-hmm the church leader washed their their foot for for the memory of Jesus when he washed his disciples mm. foot and then the big friday the big friday the entire community go to the church in the morning from um, 8 o'clock until 12 o'clock there's a continue prayers just uh, remembering of the the big friday when you know mm. and people are fasting during these hours until 12 o'clock so there's a lot of prayers in in the churches for for the week of of Easter. So it's a full forty days of people that dedicate themselves to, you know, like prayer and remember 
you know, like why Jesus went through the route of the, we call it Jiljitha, so the road to the, mm-hmm. to the cross. To the cross, yeah, exactly. So that's that's the thing. It's, it's a lot of prayers in the church. I love it, and I love the reverence and just preparing. You know, there's so many scriptures saying, incline my heart towards you, you know, prepare me, and it sounds like that's what you all do. It's like you you prepare yourselves to remember and celebrate um, what Jesus did for us, and I think sometimes we lose that here, and that's why I wanted to hear because I think sometimes in the United States, it's become so commercial, and it is a government holiday. It is something we we all recognize as a country, but— not truly for the right reasons. And it sounds like yours are a little more purposeful. And what is what is like the biblical culture there? Um, so you mentioned, you know, your community is primarily Christian, but what do, what are surrounding communities, what is, I guess, the biblical culture context there? You know, the, the roots of Christianity mm-hmm. in Iraq run really deep. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when you think of, you know, this is the ancestral home of Abraham, of Esther. Um, this is where the wise men that, that found baby Jesus came from this region. Um, you know, there's, there's, um, reports that this is uh, the region that the garden of Eden is from is, is, is located, you know, where it all began walking in the garden with God. Um, ancient Nineveh, when we talk about, Mosul, modern day Mosul is, is ancient Nineveh where God commanded Jonah to go. And that's an hour uh, drive from us right here where we're at right now. And so um, it's undeniable that, uh, you know, the roots of Christianity and the roots of history are tied in, uh, d- d- deeply in Iraq. Um, and so it's, it's evident to us that God cares deeply about Iraqis. I mean, just, just the promise, you know, the, the promise of when we talk about Easter and the resurrection, the greatest gift we've ever been given is, is a living savior that conquered death um, and, and wants to have a relationship with us. I mean, that promise was initially given to an Iraqi, to Abraham from Ur, Southern Iraq. And so, yeah, I think uh, this land is full of biblical, um, history and culture. Um, and, and it's, it's been a, a very oppressive land, um, over the last generation and a very troubling, insecure and, you know, unstable region. Um, but, uh, there are Christians here that are committed to, to staying. Um, there are Christians that are committed to remaining and, and being salt and light in what seems like a very dark part of the world. Um, and, and yeah, this time of Easter, you can just feel everybody's spirit picks up because we do, we, we, you know, despite all the difficulties and the challenges, um, the terrorism that's very real all around us. Um, it's just a season that we're reminded to pick our eyes up and look to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And, and we know who has the victory in the end. Mm -hmm. There's days here that we just feel like, um, Satan is winning to be honest, but, but we all know as Christians that um, Jesus Christ will return and we know that he has the victory in the end. And so that's, that's what this Easter um, is about is just reminding ourselves to look up to Jesus, our, our hope. Mm -hmm. 
Thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that because, I mean, I can't imagine being in Israel during this time, but you're right. Where you are is where, you know, the Israelites started, and so God's people, and so that's why I was just asked. I mean, the biblical um, roots are so deep there, and so I think that plays into maybe the reverence that your people have in, in worshiping and anticipating, you know, celebrating Easter because you're right. God's hand is so evident there. Um, and what he did for his people and why the Savior had to come. So I guess that's just why I wanted to ask. And so physically, it sounds like so much of your celebration is in community and in person and people. And so I'm sure with COVID, a lot of that will change this year. So how, I guess, as a team and as a church, how are you all looking, I guess, at supporting and celebrating maybe with some restrictions this year? Well, um, our churches were closed. The government had mandated that all the churches were, uh, they closed in March and I think they opened up. It was different, but they did begin to open up again in November and December. Um, so for now they're still, um, very cautious and, you know, different people have different, um, kind of, uh, comfort level with what is going on, but, um, uh, it's, it's such a time of hope and healing that, um, the church, at least for us, um, they're just excited um, to focus again on resurrection. Mm-hmm. And it's not just, of course, for COVID, although that's been most real to them. But, um, you know, it's been about seven years since ISIS first came on the scene. And it's been a really hard seven years. And I think that now, as we're starting to kind of feel like maybe we're starting to look up over COVID and see something in the future, um, I think there's just a sense of hope and expectation. Mm-hmm. So um, I know for our small church group, we're looking forward to um, just celebrating outside and having some fresh air and some time together. And um, we saw maybe you can talk about what your church is yeah, going mean, to do. So for last year, you know, like starting March 2020, the church is all closed in, in the entire, you know, like not in, in my community, even in the other small Christian towns and so it was closed until yeah until November 2020 and then they reopened again now there is more the, the government start asking for more restriction for the new phase of COVID-19 so the churches are stepping back and and start doing more broadcasting prayers and we all follow on but we still I mean was like you know like this year it isn't like last year I remember the, the only year maybe through the history, I mean, our, we didn't celebrate in the in the churches like except like the three years of ISIS plus last year COVID. We didn't participate in person in our churches or nor the Palm Sunday. It was very it was very sad. Like I remember, I still have a photo of of my neighborhood. So what we did, there's a palm tree in our neighborhood. We cut a palm. Uh, branch and we put in the front door of each house and we were as a as a uh, as a neighbors we were from the the front yard of each home we were just like from distance and uh, you know communicating with each other there was loudspeakers there was a prayers on on social media hopefully this year it, it i mean it won't be it won't be that 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 way but there's more relying on online prayers and things. So there's less gatherings. There's way less gatherings. Mm-hmm. But people still still close to the church. People still commit to Jesus, even even though in the in the 
midst of of this COVID. Yeah, I mean there was a there was a fear last year from COVID, but you know, like our hope in Jesus, that was that was the our, our source of encouragement. That's how we went through it. We mm-hmm. can go through the second the second wave as we did. You know, like we're not alone. Mm-hmm. We're not alone. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad you brought that up. And this is why we want to bring awareness uh, around the world, how people celebrate. Um, you mentioned, did you say three years after ISIS first came, you weren't able to meet? Uh, I mean, during, during ISIS. During yes. ISIS, there's yes. three years. There was uh, The churches were closed, definitely. So yes. soon we returned back. Although the churches were, were uh, covered with black, they were burned, but the prayers were keep going and people were encouraged more that you know like we will stay with our church although what happened like mm-hmm. evil of isis come but we are still our hope is is jesus like we are celebrating more even if, if our church is covered with black mm-hmm. so that was that this is you know like isis and this COVID, like it's still like drawing people more to mm-hmm. to god mm-hmm. and this is why i think you know for people that haven't experienced that, like me here in America, I think COVID is the first time it's it's made people vulnerable. It's brought people to their knees. It's It's been a tragedy. But but like you, this is not the first time. You know, your people have seen uh, evil and devastation. And you said three years uh, your churches were unable to gather safely, and, and you knew you were fearing for your life. And so to hear you say um, you have hope and evil can't thwart that, um, is really encouraging. And I think that's what we need to hear. Um, just that this COVID, it, it's hard. But people like you have been through, I think, much harder. And to be able to be—I think of Job as you're talking, you know, when he said, before I knew of God, but now I've seen God, you know, after he'd lost everything. Um, he wouldn't wish that on anyone, but I think he saw God— better than most of us. Um, like, I'll never understand, you know, what you've been through and what your people have been through. And as you mentioned, your community went from 40,000, 40 to 50,000 to now 25,000. I just want people to hear that. Like, your community has shrunk. Um, you have lost people. And um, But for you to be able to rejoice in Christ coming, and that's why Easter, I think, is so big for you and why there is so much hope and anticipation. This This earth is not it. This is not the best. God came to conquer this earth, and He sent His Son Jesus so that we could have um, eternity and, and be looking towards, with great anticipation, what is to come. Right. Um, so thank you for sharing that, and I'm I'm just so sorry for your loss and and just thank you. The ongoing effects. It's not over. You know, you're still healing and you're still reeling from years of evil done to your community. Um, so as you mentioned that, how can we be praying um, for, for you, for your team, for, for the, the country office, but also the church there in Iraq? Well, I mean, you know, you know, like starting from 2003, not only ISIS 2014, but 2003, the violence in Iraq started, you know, the people, you know, the, 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 the entire society, the, the 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 population the congregation of iraq they just like got divided into ethnicities into religions mm-hmm. and the violence started and you know the smell of blood and gunpowder started you know like we we smell this in every 
incident happened in the country. And, uh, you know, like as, as a Christian, we, we were like, you know, like we weren't, you know, like we were the minority, but now our position is, is completely different. Our, you know, we shrink a lot and the people feel that they are unsafe in the midst of the violence that going in the country, living with under the rule of several governments since 2003 that they failed in providing security for the people and services and disrespecting the the humanity you know like people there's a, there's a wound in in the people's heart and so you know like this this is what what everybody feel like we need more jesus in our hearts so the hearts get healed because of the violence because of continuous governments failing in ruling you know like just a lot of politics and so you know if like we not only our community the entire iraqi nation need prayer for peace and to live as a brothers together so we we need peace this this is what we need in this in this time yeah i think one thing that god's kind of been impressing on my heart it goes right along with what we saw him saying um and kind of what you said to christy like Matt and I are so humbled to be here and to hear the perspective of the Iraqi Christians who have suffered immeasurably, you know, and it does give them a different perspective on the resurrection and on hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, in, in second Corinthians, um, Jesus is, you know, God is reminding the people that they are the aroma of of God, you know, and I think I wrote it down because I wanted to, I wanted to share it specifically, but it says, you know, that, that Christians, um, are used to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him, a pleasing aroma of Christ among those who are being saved and those who are perishing. And that's my prayer for the Iraqi Christians is that, you know, their numbers have gone from a few million to maybe 300,000 in all of Iraq. Um, and, but there's still 300,000 and they are the aroma of Christ. You know, they need to be healed. They need to fill their hearts with Jesus and find their hope and safety in him. But they also, they are the aroma, you know, this remnant that God has here. It's such a privilege for us to be able to come beside them, wrap our arms around them and try and support them, whether that's praying for them or rebuilding their house. Mm -hmm. You know, they have, they have those spiritual needs and those physical needs. And that's what Samaritan's Verse is focused on. Um, And so that's a great way to pray is that Iraqi Christians would have their hearts healed and have their communities healed and that they will remember that they are the aroma of Christ. They're not forgotten. They're here for a reason um, because there's so many others around that need to heat, you know, they need to smell, they need to understand the knowledge of Christ and, mm-hmm. and who he is and who he can be for them. Um, and so they have purpose, you know, there's purpose in, in their, in their living here. Um, so that's, that's one thing we'd really like to ask for prayer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would, I would ask that, um, you know, in, in this last season, I've been thinking a lot about the word faithful um, and uh, what it means to be faithful, to be faithful um, as a husband, as a dad, um, to be a faithful leader with Samaritan's Purse here in Iraq. Um, I think about the faithfulness of so many men and women that have gone before us in the gospel and, and kind of forging the way in difficult times the preservation of, of God's word. And so, uh, as a prayer, by way of prayer, I would just ask, um, that our team would be faithful, uh, in this season. God's given us a huge responsibility, 
um, to be his hands and his feet mm -hmm. in the Middle East. And uh, our deepest desire is to stand before Jesus one day and have him say, well done, mm -hmm. my good and faithful servant. And so uh, that's not an easy task. And it's one that we need his daily pouring into uh, our lives. And so I would just ask that people pray that we would be faithful with this responsibility, the awesome opportunity that we have to be Jesus here in the Middle East. Thank you so much for joining us today. I pray that as we celebrate Easter, this conversation encourages you that in light of COVID, traditions and gatherings might look different, but the reason that we celebrate is the same. I know it was encouraging for me to hear how believers in Iraq celebrate and how they prepare their hearts for Resurrection Sunday. I was especially convicted of their reverence with the 40 days of fasting and prayer. This year with COVID, we have so many restrictions on large gatherings, and it's a period of time where we might not be able to corporately gather as a church. And I know it's been difficult and people miss fellowship, and it is important. But I was humbled as we some reminded us that people in Iraq had almost three years where they couldn't celebrate corporately as a church after ISIS came through and killed many of their congregation and made their churches unsafe to worship in. And so I love the way that we saw shared that even in the midst of hard, they creatively found ways to gather in small groups and stay encouraged. And so it challenged me to do the same this year, that sufferings and restrictions might hinder us um, corporately, but it doesn't hinder us from sharing and being the aroma of Christ. And so I wanted to end reading the scripture that Sarah shared in 2 Corinthians 2, 14 through 15. But thanks be to God who always leads us in Christ's triumphant procession and through us shares the aroma of the knowledge of him in every place. For to God, we are the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. And so I pray that this, this reminder of being the aroma of Christ encourages you as we celebrate Easter Sunday and the resurrection of our Savior. And so as I mentioned earlier, we'll be releasing another podcast from our South Sudan office in the next few days. And it's another encouraging and challenging conversation with two of our Samaritan's Purse staff. And I know it was intriguing for me to learn that there are over 11 nationalities serving at the South Sudan office. And so there's so many um, nationalities, cultures, traditions that are represented, and they shared some of them with us. And so be on the lookout for that. I know you'll be encouraged to hear that conversation as we prepare our hearts for Easter Sunday. Thanks again for joining us and may God bless you today. Mm -hmm.